Hi, everybody. I'm Brad Behrens, Editor-in-Chief here at the IAB. Thank you so much for joining us today on IAB There, our daily live stream where we connect the digital advertising community. I'm delighted you could share some time with us today. It's Friday, July 10th. Uh, our topic today is transparency and brand success. And in a few couple minutes, we're going to welcome Jennifer Johnson of Trestle uh, onto the show. Before we do that, though, I wanted to uh, do a PSA for a new series that we've just launched. It's the Brand Disruption Summer Summit Series. And uh, if we can pop the, uh, pop the URL, uh, up there on the screen, it's www.iab.com slash brand disruption. We have uh, a series of town halls and webinars uh, and brand academies for our friends on the buy side uh, to, to figure out what's happening in the world of brand disruption, You know why things are sneaking up on you from the D2C side. What about Gen Z people? Like, what are the, how are they different? Are Gen Zs today the way we were talking about millennials 15 years ago? It's an exciting series and you can sign up for the whole thing uh, at one blow. So once again, www.ib.com slash brand disruption. So our topic today is transparency and brand success. Uh, from time to time, uh, usually on Fridays, I like to bring very early stage startups uh, onto the show to talk about their, their vision for the future, uh, how that vision is different from what we're used to uh, and why that the implications of those unique ideas uh, can be important and disruptive. Uh, for those of you who remember, we had Eric Porres of Meaning Science uh, on a Friday a few weeks ago. Uh, today, we're going to have Jennifer Johnson from Trestle. I met Jennifer, she lives in Portland, Oregon. I live in Portland, Oregon. We're both mentors at the Portland Incubator Experiment, or PI, and Trestle is also uh, an alum uh, uh, company that came out of the incubator. What is Trestle? Well, Jennifer is going to do a much better job of explaining what it is, but the short version is that Trestle is sort of like Honey, the, the browser plugin, for values. So for those of you who don't know what Honey is, Honey is, is a thing you download into your browser, and then as you're shopping, it scours the web to find the best price, to find promotions that you might have overlooked, uh, and then it shares them with you, saving you money. That's what uh, Honey does. Honey was also, uh, I think, acquired by PayPal for $4 billion. So this is not a trivial space, uh, the browser plugin space. Trestle is Honey for values. And what I mean by that is if you are very focused on the environment, if you're very focused on uh, made in the USA, if you're focused on social responsibility, you download Trestle, as I have done, uh, you plug in the values that correlate to you, to what you give, uh, give a lot of attention to. Um, and, uh, and then as you're doing your shopping online, if you find a pair of sneakers that you really like, but it happens not to correlate with your values, Trestle will pop up uh, an equivalent product that does. So um, let's bring Jennifer Johnson into the stream and she can tell us uh, how wrong I am in the description I just made. For those of you who have questions um, for Jennifer, we, uh, we invite you to pose them on Twitter. So please, if you have a question, uh, post it on Twitter using the hashtag IABthere, all caps, one word. Once again, IABthere, all caps, one word uh, to post questions. Jennifer Johnson, CEO and co-founder of Trestle, welcome to IABthere. Brad, thank you for having me. So, well, I'm delighted that you could join us. Um, so let's talk first about 
about you, uh, your and your background, you and your fiance Carl, whose last name I have forgotten, Hickerson. Um, Hickerson, yes. uh, uh, have uh, you're not ad people, right? You didn't come from from the ad biz. So, so where were you and Carl before you decided to found Trestle? Yeah. Um, so I'll I'll give Carl's real quick first. His background is in a couple of things, but he studied and has a background in entrepreneurship. So he's um, coming from the early stage startup business world, but he also has a background in film. He worked in LA for a couple of years on the production side, um, doing film as well, managing large projects. Um, my background is that I have a master's in public health from the University of Auckland. It's an odd time to be have a public health degree and not be participating in the public health world. I got to be honest with you. Um, but with that degree, I worked in primarily my professional career has been in nonprofits and government sectors. And in both of those sectors that are charged with solving the biggest social and environmental issues of our society, I saw from both of those um, a desperate interest in bringing for profits to the table. So my background's in public health, primarily in nonprofit and government agencies, but that's the unique perspective that I bring with me when I come to thinking through the, some of the problems that we're solving with Trestle. And uh, just because it's too delightful a story to not actually highlight, Carl in his entrepreneurial past has a rather unusual project. He, his, his most recent, um, he is the inventor and patent holder of a product called the Poo Plunger, which if you know the smiling pile of poo emoji in the, in the Apple, in the Apple format, uh, he took that and he turned it into a plunger. So you can, you can now get that if you're interested. He licensed it through Squatty Potty, so you can visit their website and buy it from them or on Amazon as well. <laughs> and the tagline is? Your number one solution for your number two problem. I, I really, I, I can't get over how funny that is. Um, uh, so, uh, so let's talk about about Trestle. I, you heard me give an explanation of it. Um, make make my explanation better. Like, what what is Trestle? Brad, one of these days, I'm going to hire you to come on and help us figure out exactly how to describe it because what you described is exactly right. I mean. Um, the, what we are is data and technology. Our vision is to make it so that we as consumers can have such easy access to this information that we need to make what we believe are ethical decisions about what kinds of companies we support. If I'm going to buy from a company, and how certain can I be that this is a company that operates by the values that I care about most? And so the tool you described, this browser extension, uh, is one of the tools that we have out to market right now. It's, it's, a, it's a tool that pops up information about a company's environmental practices, labor practices, animal treatment, and it tailors that information to what you personally believe is your most important value. So it's personalized to each individual person as a consumer. So what we are as a company is the collection of information around how companies operate. How are they making the products that we ultimately buy? And then making sure that that information is so accessible to the consumer that it's hard not to take it into consideration when I'm making a purchase. Where are you getting this information about the companies? 
all of this information is already public information. So we are aggregators of data. It comes from certification boards and auditing boards. It also comes from the companies themselves and the reports that they put out. So we're pulling all of that information together and then we're quantifying it so that it works across industry, across product category and uh, systematizing that process. I think it's important to point out that two things. One is uh, you're not just taking the company's word for it and letting them grade their own homework. You're, you're going beyond that. Uh, and, and the second thing I think that's important is you're not biased in one particular direction. So you're not saying, uh, you know, left-wing people use Trestle. You're saying uh, everyone should be using Trestle regardless of your values. So you're agnostic. Uh, about the specific values, but you're leaning into you should make commercial decisions uh, based on your values. Is that fair? That's 100% fair. The agnostic approach that we take is one of the most important because it allows for the personalization to each person. We come from the perspective that each of us has a unique, what we call value value profile. I personally am very concerned with labor practices and the humans involved in the process of creating products that I buy. Others are really focused on making sure that they're contributing to an environmentally sustainable um, company. Um, others are focused really on living a vegan lifestyle and making sure animal products are not involved in what they're buying. And so because we're different, Trestle, Trestle wants to create tools that celebrate that and allow each, each of us to essentially, if we're gonna use the, the phrase vote with our dollar, genuinely vote with our dollar from our personal perspectives. Um, Democracy is beautiful in that it allows us to genuinely vote for, to, with limitations, vote for what we believe is the best outcome for the society that we want. And so we do as a technology company, just collect the information and provide it. And then we're able to measure how people use that information to make purchasing decisions. So uh, let's talk about marketing for a minute. Um, a lot of marketing, so if you know your behavioral economics, you or people out there in, uh, in IAB, their land, um, Daniel Kahneman, Nobel Prize winning economist, talks about you know, two different frames that, that human minds have, system one, and system two, they're, they're both sort of convenient labels for very messy, chaotic dynamics inside the human mind. But system one, which is you know super efficient, but super lazy, uh, is a thin slicing mechanism that says, uh, I'm thirsty, uh, oh, I'll have a Coca-Cola. Well, why does, do they have a Coca-Cola, do you say Coca-Cola? Uh, because Coke spends a lot of money on media uh, you know, in order to have it be in the backs of our minds at all time. They also have you know, the Christmas campaign with the polar bears and, and everything else they do. All of that stuff we call marketing. Um, we, have, we use as humans a lot of shortcuts. We, you know, with things that are salient, they're, they're out there in the world, things that are highly available, uh, often to differentiate between products that are not uh, terribly dissimilar. You know, you, oh, I need this shoe or that shoe. Oh, oh, I've heard of that brand. I'll go with that shoe. Here comes Trestle which is doing an entirely different take, which is saying instead of uh, what comes to mind most easily when you're shopping for a product, you're saying what correlates most closely with your, your values. Um, and that's uh, you know, one of our CEO, Randy Rothenberg's favorite words is orthogonal. It's, it's in the, a blind spot for a, a the way people are marketing. Was that deliberate? Is that like, did you... Do you have any particular perspective on advertising 
when you started the company or was it just you wanted to give people a different lens or something else? Uh, so I know nearly nothing about the world of advertising. <laughs> I come from, I, the perspective that I was able to bring from to this was having grown up in Indiana, which has a completely set of different set of values than now living in Portland, Oregon. They're nearly opposites in the way that the humans in these communities think, behave, believe that societies should be operating. And because of my background, um, and I think this is true for almost all humans, we desire convenience because of the things that you said. Um, so the intentionality around convenience, which is more the language that I use, uh, is because I don't believe that the mass majority of humans are going to spend the time to do all the research that is required in order for us to have this information. So one of the things that uh, I wanted to just touch on based on what you said was that, okay, there's this quick recall because we either know the brand um, or it's familiar to us in some way. The My Trestle button, which is our browser extension you, you referenced, is, um, has, is actually able to take advantage of that because if you're going to go look for, say, an electric toothbrush and you go to what website Amazon. would you Amazon, right? And you type in electric toothbrushes, likely one or two large, large, large corporations who create electric toothbrushes are going to fill your, your, your page. Now, if you click on one, the browser extension is able to see that we'll know to pop up a similar product at a similar price. So we're controlling for those variables. But the only differentiating factor is that this other company better matches the values that you have said that you care about. So the interesting thing is that it's not just asking the consumer to behave differently. It's allowing the consumer to behave how we, how marketing, how advertisers have taught us to behave within this, within this system of buying and purchasing behaviors. It's now leveraging that to help companies who are matching the values of consumers be seen by those consumers without the consumer doing extra work. Does that make sense? Is that clear? Yeah, no, it makes sense. And then again, in marketing lingo, uh, you're, what's really interesting about this is that uh, the, the customer or the potential customer is relatively far down the funnel at the moment that you, Trestle gets involved. Someone's already decided I'd like an electric toothbrush. They're moving into the exploratory phase. They're trying to figure out what their options are. Uh, they may be going towards one that you know Philips or some other gigantic manufacturer has made and that has a lot of media support for. Here comes Trestle, bang. Uh, one phrase in ad, the ad business for this is it's called a conquest ad, which is when you're trying to get your product in front of someone when they're already considering that of your competitor. Um, now, the difference is that uh, brands are not buying these ads. Uh, this is not paid media. This is an algorithmic matchmaking that's saying, oh, consumer, uh, you should be thinking about this uh, over here. So that's, it's quite, it's conquest ads are the closest equivalent that I've been able to come up with as we've been talking. Yeah, I like that. So, that sounds about well, right. Yes. So, uh, so that we're started, we're, we're, I'm starting to understand what Trestle is. Um, it's your very, very early stage. So let's, and um, it's worth pointing out that IAB has got a large body of work around direct to consumer products. And uh, we have our, uh, the brand disruption campaign that I, you might've heard me mention uh, at the beginning of the show, which uh, is part of a, a, a delightful journey that will end in November in our brand disruption summit. So 
I believe that your early stage kind of worked with a handful of small D2C brands. Who have you worked with? We've worked with small companies that are direct to consumer that are particularly focused on a specific product category. So for example, um, I mentioned oral care. This is an, a space that's having a bit of disruption right now. There are several startups that are coming up and creating new innovative oral care products. One of which we've worked with called Goodwell, a Portland based company. Um, we've worked with some companies that are, I'll, I'll give you more of the categories. How about that? The product categories. Um, We've worked with ba uh, women's bags, purses, um, eye care, um, baby clothes, uh, mm. oral care, and the other one was, I'll have to get back to you, but it's okay. been across multiple product categories that are primarily focused on that one product. And also some uh, either, you know, with, with women's bags, uh, that's like luxury marketing, mm -hmm. uh, often not always uh, different kinds of consideration sets. Uh, moms tend to be very focused on, is this healthy for my child? Is this a natural product? And so, uh, so you're not limited only to you know, toothpaste uh, or low consideration purchases. It sounds like there's a rather large possible range for Trestle. Um, so let's talk about how it actually does work. Um, so your, uh, can you pick any example? Uh, oh, let's go back to your tooth, your, 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 your electric toothbrush example, please. Um, where are you getting the images? So someone's on Amazon, Trestle uh, is, you know, zooming in, hovering, paying attention, and then it grabs something from somewhere and puts it, so tell me the mechanics of it, please. Okay. <laughs> So with the browser extension, uh, what, we're, what we're doing, what you'll see as a user of the browser extension when it does pop up with that um, recommendation for an alternative product, what you'll see is a picture of the product from this other company, uh, your value match score, meaning how closely this other company matches the values that you've stated you care about, the price and a buy button. And really where that information is coming from is the, the, the brands that we've that we've partnered with, meaning they're, it's from their websites, it's from their product pages, it's their, their product images that are now just showing up in our technology. And so what you're seeing is essentially a, sh a snippet of what you'll be seeing when you go to that, when you click that buy button and you go to that company's website with where their product pages are. And so uh, your algorithm is just, uh, how is it choosing the image? If there are multiple images in a database, which frequently there are, you know, sometimes it's called, you know, a hero shot, and then they have the detail shots. Is it just the, the first one, the biggest one? Because marketers are going to want to know, like, oh, do I have to go do something to my database, right? Do I have to go change the images? So uh, what image are you pulling? Man, Brad, the technology you're referring to is still being developed on, on the broad scale. It hasn't been well mastered yet. Ideally, there would be something, a scraper that could work across all product pages and pull the right type of information, the right type of images every time. It doesn't exist perfectly yet. And those who are working on that space are still trying to master it. So what we've done at this point as we're early is we hard coded in, we ourselves go in, or either we go ourselves and we pick the images and we pick the information or the brand that's putting their information into our system is able to do that. They choose their own images and they put their price in. And so at this point, it's still, unfortunately, it's still a input mechanism with the desire to move towards automating using a scraper system, by which case what you just referenced will become important. Setting up a product page so that it can be captured by a system that automatically pulls the right type of information. 
but it just isn't quite there yet. Okay, uh, that's 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 the definition of early stage. Um, uh, how do you make money? Uh, it sounds, I mean, this you're not selling ads. Uh, not. You're you're not biasing. You know, it's driven by the algorithm and people's uh, people's values. Um, so, how does Trestle become more than a hobby? Man, so we have been very intentional about how we monetize because. I believe that there's a lot of ways to monetize wrong in this case where you can, um, we, there's the temptation to do things like affiliate marketing. And I think there's a lot of space for affiliate. I think a lot of um, others who are entering the space of values-based shopping or helping consumers make decisions around values are going the affiliate uh, direction. Um, what we're doing is we're focusing on we identify as a data and technology company. So there's two areas where we're really focusing on monetizing. One is because we can now see how consumers are using this information to make purchasing decisions. What we have is rich in, in aggregated data that companies can now use to help make internal decisions about how they're going to either adjust their operations so it better aligns with the consumers that they're trying to reach or hold communicate. Hold on, hold on. Let, no, no, no. We need to tease that out a little bit more. Sure, okay. sure, sure. So, so I'm a company, I've espoused value X, Trestle is uh, getting the, that value system in front of customers. If it's not working, that's that. That's a signal to the company to change, not change their values, but to make sure that their values and their operations are in conformity. Is that? If that's important to the company, absolutely. I'll give an example um, from our beta test that we just did with uh, the smaller brands that I referenced. In fact, the oral care one. Um, they speak a lot. They they give they give evidence to a lot of the environmental practices that they do that are of higher standard than many of their competitors. But what we found in our, in our study was that the consumers that land on their page or the ones that are likely to click the buy button from a competitor of theirs and go directly to theirs also have a high interest in fair labor practices. And so when we were, what we were able to provide for this company was behavioral proof that their customer, the people that are interested in their products also care about labor practices. So at this point, this company can either choose to um, you know, go work with their manufacturing, make sure that they're, that everything is, you know, it, to a point where they can be proud of that and connect with that value of their consumer and then communicate that out to the consumer. So yes, what we're able, what, what that becomes ultimately is business intelligence and analytics. Um, we'll be putting it into a SaaS product that companies can then use. Well, where they'll be able to see real-time data on how co consumers are using this information to make purchasing decisions. So the revenue model for Trestle is that brands will pay to have access to the insights that your data is deriving. So does it, but does it cost them anything to put their products onto your platform? No, it doesn't. Um, and the re there's plenty of reasons for this. One being that from the consumer's perspective and all everything we've done has been built from us not having an ad background, it is strictly from, we are consumers ourselves and we want this product to be available to consumers in a way that makes sense. So if we want consumers to buy according to their values, they need ample access to the information and the products that match their values. So putting the products onto our platform is free to a business. We will, we will put the system out, we'll do the free advertising for you, we'll do that, would you call it the conquest ads? 
because Algorith algorithmically driven conquest ads. Yes, so. <laughs> that's fair. Um, because really what we want is to see from an agnostic perspective, are, are consumers willing to use this information to make purchasing decisions? When are they willing to? How much are they willing to pay differently? What product categories does this matter most in? And then that will be then in turn turned into business insights that companies can then have access to through a SaaS product. And what can retailers do the same thing or is it only you know, sort of original manufacturers? No, that's a great question. We originally designed it more with the thinking of direct to consumer brands. Um, but we've recently been approached by a lot of retailers and marketplaces saying this is valuable to me as well. So we're starting to really think through how, how this might look for a, for a marketplace or for a retailer that sells multiple brands and what that can look like. What we've done so far is we've allowed retailers to come on. It's tricky um, because it's a lot of work to put your products onto a new platform. So we've, we've um, you know, minimized how many we involve at this point in time, just being early. Um, but we are starting to think about what does this look like for a retailer who also wants this same kind of data? So what's the ideal brand that either, I mean, you can say like, I'd love it to be Target or whatever, but like either the ideal brand, like the dream brand or the kind of brand that you're, you're looking for. Um, obviously a brand that has a purpose and values that it wants to live by baked in uh, and, and where there's been a commitment to those values, that would be, I think, table stakes. But is, you know, can we go beyond that? Is there a particular sort of brand that's really going to get the most out of your platform? Yeah. Um, yes. I think those that are trying to connect with the consumer, you mentioned earlier the millennial and the Gen Z. Um, and we're starting to explore how, if they're similar or if they're different, if they, if the way that they buy looks similar to what maybe uh, other generations have, there's starting to be, you know, some indication that they don't buy similar, that they take into consideration other things like the values that we're talking about. So for brands that are trying to reach this new generation or the type of consumer that thinks differently, that really does want to connect with who they are, with the products that they buy, that brand would be most likely to get benefit from this type of data. Um, when we did our analysis of the type of brand that would make the most sense, we found that there were five according to Basically, it comes down to size of company and how long you've been in operation. So newer and smaller companies tend to be more values driven. Um, they're trying to stake their reputation on these values, on being environmentally friendly. There's what, the, what our product can do for them is to help them better understand this customer. And so there's a, a specific purpose this type of data would provide for them. Understanding the customer, understanding those behaviors, what categories make most sense to speak and be very intentional about these values. On the other hand, a large enterprise that has been around for a long time will either need to or decide they don't need to, but will at some point want to think about adjusting their reputation so that it aligns with these values, either to capture a larger section of market that is now a younger market or is starting to become more values conscious. In order to capture that part of the market, they'll have to do some rebranding or some re-messaging that really instills the values that they either have all, always done or that they have are now changing their practices to represent. And we're seeing this a lot. 
Back in August, 181 CEOs signed on to the Business Roundtable's document saying, we're going to stand for more than just profit. Our, the purpose of business is more than just shareholder profit. It also takes into consideration stakeholders like community and the environment and employees. So we're at this interesting time where, where companies are starting to either talk a lot and say things that sound good to the consumer because they know the consumer is starting to care, or they're going to have to show up and demonstrate that they're actually behaving and changing operations in a way that's consistent with what they're saying and with what the consumer is saying that they care about. We believe that this data will help support that effort, will help them connect that change as they're making those operational changes, their environmental changes with the consumer. Um, and that's, that's kind of how this data I, I imagine and intend for it to support that effort. Terrific, thank you, that's very clear. Um, let me just ask one last question, which is what we've seen over the last uh, four or five months uh, has been that the coronavirus pandemic has accelerated a lot of changes. Uh, we've seen you know, in incredible moves. People are discovering that everyone can work from home, uh, you know, a, a massive shift into streaming, uh, you know, video uh, consumption. Um, what if, what's changed? Like since, uh, you know, mid-March, like, did you notice any spikes or any, you know, any inflections in your data um, and what they might mean? Yeah, man. So one of the first things that we saw happen was a move away from direct to consumer and towards marketplaces, <clears throat> unfortunately. Um, I think Target reported 175% increase from this time last year in, in sales online. Um, and so one of the things that we're seeing is consolidation of where consumers are going to get the goods that they need. Uh, I don't know if that's going to stick or not. Um, I don't imagine. So I think that was my guess is that was a uh, response in, in panic. Um, another thing that we saw was a desire to connect more with community. Uh, it, the systems weren't set up very well to buy from small and from local. One of the things that we did was to add a feature that allowed our users to say, I want to primarily focus on small and local businesses so that if I do go to a large marketplace and there is a similar product at a similar price from a small local company, it, it will pop up and I can choose to buy them or I don't have to, but at least I know it's there. Um, so what we're seeing is a desire to support small and local, but unfortunately there's still systems that aren't well suited for that. So those are two of the major things that we've seen um, there hasn't been a major shift in, in values. People didn't come onto our, our technology and change their value system, except to add small and local. Otherwise, they still very much say that they care about things like the environmental impact, the labor practices, and transparency are some of the top values that people have chosen. Terrific. Um, since you are a very early stage startup, are you raising money? We will be here probably near the end of the summer opening around or, or starting to open that round. Yes. So uh, angel investors, you've heard it here first. Um, Jennifer <laughs> Johnson, co-founder co and CEO of Trestle. Thank you so much for joining us on IB there. We'll look to keep in touch and see how you're doing. Thank so. you, Brad. On Mondays, uh, I Be There, we will be featuring a special in-depth podcast revenue report presented by IAB's Vice President of the Consumer Experience Center of Excellence, Zoe Soon, along with some special guests. 
Ivy there is a production of the Interactive Advertising Bureau. Our show today was produced by Connor Healy, Joe Ons, John Ward, and Tofika Mahinadin. I'm Brad Behrens, Editor-in-Chief here at the IAB. Thank you so much for joining us. Come back next week. If it's 2 p.m. Eastern on a weekday, then you know it's time to IAB there. Have a great weekend, everybody. Bye-bye.